Welcome to today's episode of Let Me Be Brief. I'm your co-host, Andy Rieger of J. Rieger & Co. Joined as always by my drinking buddy slash co-host, Matt Basinger. Today we are drinking vodka tonics. So awesome, right? It tastes a lot like coffee. It does. Uh, <laughs> we're in the Let It Fly Media studios, as always. And we're joined by the lovely Miss Jackie Wise from M Prize Bank. Today's guest is someone who you should know around Kansas City. It's Dave Barnes of Tallgrass Freight. Dave is the co-owner and COO. Dave, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you having me. Dave, thanks for making time. Uh, the softball question of the day to get started, what is Tallgrass Freight? What do y'all do? So, in a nutshell, we're, we're a freight brokerage. Mm -hmm. That's a sexy word for we're a middleman in the freight industry. Yeah. You've got a semi-truck full of rubber dog bones, and you go from Kansas City to Dallas. You call me. I you know, fill up the truck. We send it to you. You pick it up. We deliver it. The carrier sends me a bill. I send you a bill. I pinch the in-between. And we do that 10,000 times a month. And freight has been in the news more the last year and a half than probably the last two decades combined because freight seems, from the outside looking in, to be a relatively challenging industry right now. Uh, why is that happening? Um, we've been stuck at home for two years, and we all like to click the button of, yeah, let's buy it now. Yeah, let's buy it now. Well, that's got to come from distribution centers, warehouses, off boats, um, you know, it, it's a huge surge of, of, of demand, um, you know, like I say, with everybody being at home. Uh, and everybody stuck at home for, you know, the, the time being, the honeydew list climbed. Sweetheart, we need a new couch. Sweetheart, we need the new deck. We need new deck furniture. Let's, you know, uh, I need a new desk. I need a new monitor. I want a new keyboard. I want a more comfortable chair in my office. You know, that, that created a huge flux of, of, of demand on, on, on product. Um, and therefore, you know, that everything ripples through the supply chain and, and trucks. And there were already a shortage of drivers to begin with. Uh, so you compound all of that. And next thing you know, you get, you catch lightning in a bottle is, is what you have. So since we're talking about this, we'll go back to tall grass in a second, but let's yeah. keep on the industry, just yeah. sort of educate the listeners. Is this the ultimate opportunity for what we've been hearing about in the last decade that these autonomous semis are coming is that the answer for the long term and are we going to approach that even faster obviously it's not yeah. for to point of delivery yeah. but for yeah. the long haul routes that are distribution center to distribution center is that where this needs to go i i think there's a big obviously a big rush and a ton of money going towards that um i think it'll be a slow ride uh slower than probably what people think uh, I always tell this story. So if you remember, what was it, six, seven years ago, Tesla was doing the test drives in Phoenix, Arizona. Mm -hmm. Autonomous car, Elon was on it. You know, he was, you know, we weren't going to drive anywhere. It was going to be the Jetsons. And then an idiot stepped in front of the car and fortunately perished. It wasn't the car's fault at all. You know, it was Darwin Award. You stepped out in the middle of the street, you got hit, and unfortunately a bad thing happened. It wasn't the car's fault. But that set everyone back. Autonomous cars back. I mean, I think that was what six, seven years ago. If you kind of remember the story, it, it's been a minute. I remember and, those statistics. They were even talking yeah. about how it's like the autonomous vehicle accidents were negligible compared to normal drivers. What, what a normal yet is. Everyone freaked out. Over but that. everybody freaked out about mm -hmm. it. Well, let's stick an eighty thousand pound semi on I thirty five. You know, the technology is there. I, I believe the technology will get here sooner. Yeah. It's the idiots around the cars that, 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 that's going to mess it up. I mean, that, that yeah. maybe a little brash to say, but 
it's true. Sure. I mean, we've all driven up and down the highway, and you know, somebody makes a, a bonehead move, or yeah. you know, the Johnson County exit, as they say, where you switch from one lane, four lanes over to go through and hit the exit. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it won't be the mistake. You know, it'll be you know, the headline will be autonomous semi. You know, slams into a Absolutely. school bus and, and kills fourteen people. Yeah. Um, you know that that will probably slow that process yeah. down more than I think what people will think. Mm. I, I think where it will first come in would be short moves. You know, if I'm a, a Walmart and I've got a distribution center, you know, 10 miles, 15 miles away, or I need to go through and get it here, that's probably where it will start. Mm. Uh, a lot more manageable, a little easier to go through and be able to do and eventually evolve into it. But but to your point, that, that's where it's going to go. I mean, the machines are, are, are going to do it. And so you're you have, when you guys are arranging freight for customers, you're working with large asset-backed trucking companies and smaller yeah, yeah, shops? We, yeah, we do with Jimmy Two Trucks that has literally a couple trucks to, you know, big, big companies that have, you know, hundreds and thousands of them. So, so how does it technically work on the layman's term? Are you guys basically, I'm populating what I need done, and then you essentially are sending out more or less like an immediate RFP and yeah. people are saying, I will do it for this much, I'll for do it for this much. much, I'll do it for this yeah. much. And then it's... It, they put it together and, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's in, in a nutshell what it is. is yeah. You're kind of doing real-time you know, RFPs. There, there are load boards out there to where you can go through and post, hey, I'm, again, I've got you know, Andy's rubber dog bones going from you know, point A to point B. Uh, I'm willing to pay you know, $1,000 for it. Mm-hmm. You know, here's my name, here's my number, phone rings, and then we've got a compliance uh, process uh, to where you will send you through a website, you punch in, you know, your motor authority and your insurance and data. And again, we make sure you're safe. And again, you're not slamming the school buses and yeah. uh, doing things like that. Then once you pass that, then yeah, we, we award you the load. And then again, point A to point B and yeah. magic happens. Well, let's back up a little bit. How did you get into this world? Uh, I, lucky. Okay. Uh, I was employee number seven at, at Freight Quote. Okay. Uh, so I started the day before the site launched um, didn't have zero revenue, like say seven, eight of us sitting in a room off 87th and I-35. Uh, I knew nothing about freight. Okay. Um, and I was there for the first nine years, eight and a half, nine years, freight quote existed. Uh, so I got a front row seat of uh, not only freight, but how to go through and scale a company from zero to monster sure. uh, in under a decade. Incredible experience, yeah. incredible experience. And so at some point you're like, I mean, and maybe the question is what does, what do you all do differently than previous, you know, employment or where did you see an opportunity of like, man, there's a niche or there's a hole that we can fill by doing it like this? I, you know, I I think at at a fundamental level, we're really not doing anything any different. I mean, again, we're, we're brokerage. Yes, we have some technology and we've got a custom CRM that, that allows us to work smarter not harder uh great team of people and, and like say i'm a big believer in, in automation you know eliminate let the machine do as much as, as it can and just have people pick up the m ms that fall out of the bowl um so but you know fundamentally there's no secret sauce to it you need a truck i can get you a truck you need a price i'll get you a price and, and we'll go through and do it i think where our business model is a little different than you know again some of the you know use my air quotes, the, the traditional brokerages is, is how you go through and do your business, business mm-hmm. development. 
Uh, a lot of them are, are call center type deals. You, you hire the kids, find your extroverts, uh, train them up, put them on a phone, dial 99 no's to hear that one yes, and, and, and you build it. And there's mm -hmm. a salary and there's a commission and, you know, and, and again, you know, you, you play the game. Yep. Where Tallgrass is a little different and, and the industry is evolving more towards kind of what we're doing is we have an agent program. So my biz dev guys are all 1099 contractors, 100% hmm. commission, eat what you kill. Um, they, they make a great commission. I mean, they make two thirds of the, of, of the take. Wow. Um, so the caliber of people that, that we're talking to are, you know, trained assassins. You know, they've been in the game three, four years. They know what they're doing. Uh, you know, they, they've cut their teeth in it. They, you know, they, they found an industry that they're good at. Um, you know, I don't want to throw darts at anybody, but, you know, in your call center environment, eventually you will hit that glass ceiling. Sure. You know, and it's any industry. It doesn't, you know, matter what it is, and I'm not picking on anybody in, the, in transportation. That's just what it is. Um, you know, eventually you get to a point of, and especially when you're a top earner, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting all these numbers, I'm doing these things, and all I'm getting is give me more, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I always say the the smart ones leave and the dumb ones stay in bitch. Um, <laughs> I, I want the smart ones, and then that, those are the people we recruit. So when you're looking at these individuals and you're hiring, I mean, certainly you guys are hiring people from right out of whatever schools they're at or whatever it is at the low level all the way up to these trained assassins. Is that correct? Or are no, you really? No, no, I'm only trained assassins. So, so you guys, so there's your differentiator, Yeah. right? Yeah. You are saying, no, I am not interested in the no. people I have to train. I want the people that I don't have to train, but I know need the structure in place that they're yeah. gonna just make a fortune. Yeah, exactly. So when they come over and you're, they're the smart ones in your, using your words and they're the ones leaving and those are the ones you want. Mm -hmm. Do individuals in the freight brokerage industry have their own books of businesses like attorneys would? Yeah. Or if you leave a company as a trained assassin to go somewhere else, is that the company's book of business and if you touch it, it's a no-no? It, it, it depends. Um, it, right now we see about 50-50. Uh, some will have non-solicit agreements uh, in which if that's the case, they need to come in and start over. You know, that's you start over from zero. Um, again, if, if you're confident as, as a salesperson, and, and yes, it's a step backwards to start back at ground zero, mm -hmm. but you know what you're doing and, and you've been there and you've already built it once, maybe even twice, th those guys don't blink an eye. They're like, okay, it's going to suck for a couple months and I'm not going to make a whole lot, but I believe in myself. I know what I'm doing. I, I understand the game and, and give me 90, 120 days and I'll be back on top of the mountain. So what percentage of your employees earn a salary? Uh, there's 178 people in, in tall grass and 36 of them make a salary. Those uh, are administrative this, type? Yeah, billing, staff. yeah, mm. exactly. Wow. And so you talked about really who low, is... Well, I mean, I'm sorry to yeah, like, no, just hit on this, like, it's an incredible beautiful. Beautiful. operating structure. Yeah. I mean, you can go to bed every night. <laughs> I'm sure your assets are low, so you don't need yeah. heavy bank debt. I mean, it's yeah. just... Your overhead relative to your re do. revenue is yeah. crazy. Yeah. So you talked about who your your clients, or really who your employees are, but as far as who your customers are, right? Just looking at folks opposite the table of you, you know, Andy is shipping things most every day, I would imagine, and you're doing sometimes full truckloads or maybe less than load. We are doing full truckloads maybe once a quarter when we're doing a new store or something like that. So like, are your customers? mostly folks that are in Andy's position, or are you also working with the swell sparks of the world who they might need something every once in a while, and yeah. we call up and say, hey, 
you know, yeah, can you it, help us? It, it, it's a little bit of both. Obviously, uh, again, the caliber of sales guys, the, the salespeople we have, we'll, we'll talk to Andy, yep. you know, because again, he's, it, it's almost like a SaaS business. You know, the beautiful thing about a SaaS business is recurring revenue. Yep. Service-based business, if you do it right, can be very similar to a SaaS-based revenue structure. You do it right, Andy's good for a load today, tomorrow, Wednesday, you know, yep. doom, doom, doom. And if I take care of him, he's just going to continue to do just as if the same way he was paying 20 bucks a month for an app. Yeah. Um, but like I say, folks like yourself that add Dave, I ship once a month, once a quarter. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll take your money too. Yep. You know, I mean, um, you know, we're, we're not going to, you know, yeah. you know, uh, flick you off like, like a fly. It's, yeah, yeah you know, let's work together. And because you, you never know where you start today where you may only move a load of once a month, once a quarter. Yeah. Well, you know, we're going to grow this, and then it's going to turn into, and they're going to turn into, yeah. and they're going to turn into. You know, you you, you nurture mm-hmm. and you, you appreciate that, that those type of relationships as well. Walk walk me through your growth. And so again, you're with a previous company. You say I'm going to do my own thing. Did you have to go call like an Emprise Bank to get some funding in order to buy some runway to grow that thing? Did uh, you just go off on your own and start? with one employee and pull it by yeah. your bootstraps? And, so, and when was that as well? Yeah, so I, I left uh, I left the quote in, in 2007 and actually went and started a digital ad agency. Okay. I owned Sweet Spot Marketing here in town. Uh, we did the paid search and the SEO, and I did that for four, five years and sold that. My, my end with that was the last thing I did at the quote was I was uh, – overall customer acquisition. So I was had my page search certification and SEO and, and all that. Did that, that was cool. Uh, came out of that, needed something to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, started doing a consulting gig, met Damon Anderson at Tallgrass Freight. He had founded that company in 2012. I met him in 2015. So Tallgrass was already up and, and rolling. Okay. Um, and How big Damon, was it at that time? Um, I think there were seven people, oh, six wow. people. So you've since um, added 171, roughly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and uh, but Damon hit that point. Uh, I, I think a lot of entrepreneurs will see of, okay, now I've, I've caught it and it's growing and it's going. I really didn't expect it to go through this far, and and now every business turns into a pain in the ass at some point. You know, it, it's always fun. Um, you know, growing it and exciting it, and then. Now I got to deal with cash flow. Now, oh crap, payrolls due. Now, okay, I got to cut checks. And now, you know, all the fun stuff of selling it and growing it and the exciting part, then it turns into a job. Mm-hmm. You know, and and he kind of hit that point, and we have the mutual friend of, hey, you know, I don't know, do you know somebody? And, and my buddy Darren Chase was like, ah, oh, you need to meet this State Barnes guy. And uh, so I had dinner with him at J. Alexander's, uh, right there off Metcalf, and. I was finishing in a sense. I'm like, let me guess, you know, you you stress payroll, you know, you really hope that check is really in the mail. Uh, and you can count the days from, okay, it's in the mail from Houston, therefore it's on Monday, therefore I'm going to get it on Friday. I can get it dropped, and therefore I can write a check on Friday, and it'll, it won't clear until Tuesday. We all play that We've game. We've played that game. We yep. all play <laughs> that game. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, and, and that, but that wears on you, you know, especially mm-hmm. if you're kind of, you know, a one-man show or, you know, the one owner. Yep. Um, and, and I'd been through that with the marketing company and, and, and seen that throughout my career. You know, I've only ever worked for startups. So I, I get that. And 
Yeah, nice we, working for a company now where, or being a part of a company now where you don't have those problems anymore. Yeah, I was going to say, they were already kind of rolling. We, we just needed you we have, know, some We have help. a problem. We can solve it with some money. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So I, what you were just talking about, Dave, is something that people that have never started their own business understand. When you were talking about startups and then you eventually outgrow being a startup, but you have all the issues. Yeah. I always say that to people when they ask, what is it like being successful? Like to the public, you eventually grow out of being a startup and you're looked at as a company. And when you're looked at as a company by the public, everyone believes you're successful. But what they don't see are all those years in between. A startup is when you don't have your business figured out, don't have the cash figured out, and you're just an idea, but you're putting things in motion. Being a true corporation Everything is rolling. You're making your money. You got everything is a process. It's all smoothed out. You solve problems with money. But people think you just go from a startup to a corporation overnight. And that's the way it is when, in reality, all of us that have done it, you have a decade normally. I mean, sometimes people will get lucky. But where you need to act like a corporation, but you have the money of a startup. Yeah. And you have to... What you're saying, problem solve every single minute oh, yeah. to make it work because you know that you're going to get it to make it work. I but feel you can't do it. very triggered right now. Is this, am I speaking about <laughs> you specifically? <laughs> oh, I'm speaking about another, me another yeah, conversation yeah. for another day. You, you, you know, you're talking with a, with, with a true entrepreneur when you can say, if you cash a check or, or send a check on Monday, when does it hit your bank? Mm. Yeah, and they'll go, oh, six days. <laughs> you know, that, that is when you know that yeah. you've floated that check. It's like, God, if this gets there two days early, this thing is going to bounce like. <laughs> oh, that bounced? I don't know what happened. Let me Wait, just man. get you yeah, a new yeah. one. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Can you hang on to that for just one more day? Because it's supposed to be in six days, and, and for whatever reason, it's five. Or you throw in a bank holiday there, and yep. you're like, "Oh, that's just a godsend." On oh, Monday <laughs> is whatever, you know, whatever. You know, hey, I, it, it had a it had a stamp on it on this day. I, you know. Yep. <laughs> Dave, we so appreciate you sharing time. I think we could talk for another couple hours, but That'd this is fun. let me be brief. Uh, one more question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, not talking about work anymore. What's what's the coolest thing you've ever done? What's the best experience you've ever had? The coolest thing I've ever done, I've done a lot of cool things. Um, I saw Rage Against the Machine play in Randall's Island, New York, in front of 100,000 people. Wow. That's a great answer. Now, was that before they became a political band? No, I'm just kidding. I don't know if you remember <laughs> that story. Um, Dave, on behalf of Let It Fly Media, Emprise Bank, Jay Rieger and Co. Distillery, Swell Spark, so grateful that you uh, took some time to share with us today. Uh, it's so fun to watch your growth here in Kansas City. Um, your industry is fascinating, and, and I think we're all excited to see how you continue to move and shift and, and make Kansas City a better place through what you're doing at Tallgrass. Thank, Thank you. Appreciate you guys having me.